What has been happening since we last recorded? It's been a little while was in it? terms of like actual time. And yeah. real time. Yeah. Not fake music as a dead scene time. No, it's been the exact same amount of time that it's been since the last episode. Hopefully, unless something unless something's gone really drastically wrong. goes wrong, yes. I don't know. When did we, was it was like two weeks no, it wasn't two weeks ago though. It was like three weeks ago, wasn't it? Uh you've been on holiday. I yes. had a birthday. I did do that. It was good. Thumbs up to everything. Good. Birthday and holiday. All of the um stranded song prizes arrived. Oh yes. We got our little sneak peeks of that. Whoa, what could uh, that be? That might be something with a nice Music is Dead scene logo on it. There was the Eurovision Song Contest. All the rubbish. Not not a fan of it? Nah, not really. No? It just wasn't that exciting. I, th- I feel like you need to be in the right crowd, because I we were at separate Eurovision gatherings, yeah. and yeah, uh, we I had a great time. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. It wasn't for me. It's in Sweden next year, though. It is in Sweden next it's year. It's a big, big 5-0. Should have been in Finland. <sighs> Eurovision fans will get that. Should be in Australia for me. Really? Was Australia for you? That was good fun. Uh, Australia was... was good fun. Yeah, it was all right. But yeah, it should have been definitely Finland, yeah. Yeah. Robbed. Yeah, UK did terrible, as usual. Uh, well, we came second last year. But that was a, that was the outlier, when you look at, like, data points, and you see one that's way high, so it's like, yeah. well, you can exclude uh, that one. I suppose, one. yeah. You know? Yeah, I suppose. Did you know that her, what was her name, May... Mueller? May Mueller. You remember Mika? Yes. He, he performed at Eurovision last year. Do you remember the song Grace Kelly? Yes. May was in the music video for that song. Was she now? Yeah. I just, I didn't watch the music video because you know what I'm like. Um, yeah. But I saw a video about it and she was the little girl in the green dress. I was going to say because I didn't think she was that old. So she, no. she was... Yeah, she was a... When she was she quite was young. A, a, wee, a wee bairn. Oh, there you go. Well, I did... That was the criticisms of, of May, wasn't it? She's a good dancer, but she wasn't quite a good yeah, singer the, live. the song wasn't very good either. It was a song about writing a song, which is always a touch out. and go. It's a bit, it's a bit mm. touch and go. You can either it can either be good or it's not that exciting. Just, yeah, it's like what do we write the song about? Well, let's write it about writing a song. I can't do that. I always also feel weird when songs refer to themselves as songs. They break that. I don't know. You can say they break a fourth wall. I don't know. Is a little there, bit. Yeah. A little bit. I don't know. I feel weird about that sometimes. Maybe that's a that's a that's a music is a dead scene episode. I should think so. Yeah. <laughs> songs about songs. But anyway, that's not quite what we're talking about today. No, this is um. Is this a controversial episode? You said you've taken this in a weird way. In doing the notes for this, I found that, yeah, just talking about our topic over and over again is, is rather dry. So I've, yeah, I've taken it in a weirder direction. Good. That's what we're all about on this podcast. Hello and welcome to Music is a Dead Scene. The podcast where you get to hear all about music from individual songs to trends across the music industry and beyond. As well as your own thoughts and feelings. My name is Cameron. And I'm Ewan. We've been in bands together and separately play music for over 10 years. And we just love talking shit about music. So let's get into it. Hope you enjoy. All right, so what have you done then? Right, so we were, we were talking about the vinyl revival. Yeah. Sorry, we were, we are, we still are. Yeah, we still are. Yeah, we haven't done it yet. Which, which kind of just happens, didn't it? It doesn't really seem to be a start. It's like an exponential graph line. It never quite went away fully. It was still always kind of bubbling under, but it was just like nowhere near as relevant as it was. And then all of a sudden, in the last years, it's like its sales have doubled and then doubled again, and then like are they going back down now? No, no, still going up. Really? I kind of thought people were over it. No, it's it's that we are in the upward tick still. Damn. To this day. Look at us all relevant. 
Vinyl is back. Claims of its death have been greatly exaggerated. Well, by me, apparently, right now. <sighs> what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about... I've got a timeline of the vinyl. Oh, wow. I've got some some different articles discussing different reasons why... Vinyl? Vinyl. Uh, vinyl is back. Maybe some different uh, events and different celebrities who have endorsed it. I'll try not to give too much away. And then we get into the crazy stuff. Okay, good. where I think this episode is going to take off. So nice. let's just make a start, shall we? Shall we go through the timeline of vinyl? Yeah, go on. I don't want to bore everyone to death, but it, it gives us a good... It's a starting point, huh? Yeah. Quite literally. Good yeah. basis of... We, we see the, the peak and the fall and the rise. As you remember, we discussed this in another episode. I can't quite remember which one. But in the 1880s, vinyl was invented by Emile Berliner. Um... Doesn't ring a bell. No, okay. I, I, I do probably remember. should. That's I, terrible. When I researched that, I do remember that name coming up. This podcast is not even a year old, and I've already forgotten stuff that we've talked about. Do you think you could name every episode in order? Uh, honestly, no. That's really bad, <laughs> but probably not. There's only been like 12. Yeah. What's well, this, 14? This, this is, is episode 14. 14, yeah. That's shocking. Well, there was a two-parter, and there was a weird mini one. That's, oh, that's, but anyway. that's shocking from me. Anyway, yes, okay. Yeah, so, uh, 1880s. It not much happens after the 1880s until 1949, where the first 45 RPM disc was produced. Are we a single? A yes. Single? Well, that would just be the, you know, either the single or the, the, the larger LP. Oh, yeah, because it's not the size of how quick it spins. Yes, it? yes, exactly. You so silly sausage, Cameron. You would be thinking of inches in terms yes. of the 7 inch or the That's, what, inch, I That's what I'm doing. But it won the uh, the War of the Speeds, as it was known as. Wow. Yeah. Uh, against it's like the, an episode of The Flash. No. Against the 78 RPM disc. I think we discussed the 78. Yes, I do remember that. it could hold like three minutes of music. Yeah, there wasn't much. On one side. <laughs> yeah. So if you wanted to release a 40 minute album, you would have to have Many, 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 many discs. Or just a big disc. Oh, like you're talking like... Well, yeah, it would have to be huge, wouldn't it? <laughs> like meters as opposed yeah, to Yeah, because it's like spinning <laughs> much quicker. How long would the, the arm have to be? Tell me about it. How, how, how much it would be a room of just a vinyl player? Nah. Possibly not, not feasible. But we can see some, why it didn't win. But I like where your head's at because we have some very impractical vinyls coming up later oh, on. Oh, good. Okay. So... Keep keep those keep those thoughts going. Good. All right, I will. I have a da, 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 da. this guy. Oh yeah, Mark J. Perry writing for EEI, the American Enterprise Institute. Oh, so it is EEI. Yes, that's not a good. It's not a great logo, logo but no. hey ho. I'm assuming Mark J. Perry didn't choose that, although he is a senior fellow. I'll 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 have a chat. He he wrote a wee article and he he gave us some years. His is very business related, so it's always like, well, the one percent of the market it sold here, uh, and then okay. it went up to two point five sales, and so we've got some rough stats. So it sounds like he knows his his stuff. <laughs> he did. Yeah. I got I got a bit of information from here, and then I pulled just a bit of information from my own research. But yeah, in 1978, okay, vinyl sales peaked at 341.3 million units sold in the U.S. Is that over the course of the year? Yes, that's and we haven't gone year. past that yet again. That's it, that is it. That is peak. the highest. It sold three hundred, you know, three hundred forty-one million vinyls were sold. Yeah, doesn't matter who buy or where or whatever. No, no, that, that was okay. yeah. So that was that was it at its peak. Obviously, it went down from nineteen seventy-eight. Maybe it was just a good year for music. What was released in nineteen seventy-eight? I also have a question about that. Actually, hit me. How do we know? Because I presume that that number that you just got there over the year is from like commercial stores and shop fronts and stuff. Sure. What about record fairs? Yeah, very hard to track that. Because record fairs are now quite popular 
And I'm sure they were back, obviously, back in the day as well. Yeah, hard to, to calculate the second-hand sales and mm. some record shops that don't report whatever new vinyl sales. I don't. I feel like that would be probably quite consistent over the 70s, 80s period. So I guess you can just kind of discount it. But yeah, it would be more than that for sure. Mm. 1978 looks like an okay year. Was all right. Wuthering Heights. Oh, yeah. Great song. You're the one that I want. Oh, from, from Greece. the Greece soundtrack. Very good. Oh, September, Earth, Wind and Fire. Yeah, there's a, there's a few bangers in here. But yeah, all right. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. I can, I can get it. Right, okay. 1978. Good year for, for tunes. Okay. We then skip ahead a decade. Nice. 1988. This is when CDs overtake vinyl in oh, terms no. of the highest selling music uh, platform. That's not the right word. Uh, no, I think it is. Distribution. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, I don't know. You know what I'm you know trying what to say. Mean. Yeah. CDs, they overtake vinyl. In 1988, in 1989, one year later, Sony shuts down its in-house production of vinyl. Oh, damn. That's they, how quick they it was. They really yeah. shit themselves. So, obviously, you can still get vinyl produced everywhere, but Sony stopped doing it themselves, so they're just outsourcing it to other oh, companies. Because okay. they're like, CD's here, here It's we not go. going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. We're doubling down. And then we jump ahead. Basically, from 1989, it, it takes a very, very sharp downturn. So, the CD, obviously... People knew yeah, what that yeah. was all CD about. Yeah, CD was probably the most popular format. Format, there That's it is. the word I'm looking for. Everyone at home screaming at their, their phones yeah, yeah, can yeah. stop now. Recorded music sales peaked in 1999 okay. at nearly $21 billion of quite, like revenue in the US. Quite a lot. CD sales, I think, represented more than 88% of industry revenues. Audio cassettes were still available, represented blah, 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 blah. Vinyl sales were less than half of 1% of the market. Wow. Yeah, so they really dropped. CDs were more affordable than vinyl as well, Oh, they? for sure, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, digital music is a lot more easily reproduced. Yeah, better quality, etc. Oh, I don't know. That's an argument to be wow. had. I mean, there's analog over digital. It's not really, though, is it? <laughs> there's a video of Jack <laughs> White, not, uh... and he explains it in terms of like a... It's more of a, like a philosophical debate, I think, mm. for most analog uh, supporters. In terms of like, if you imagine getting a bit of paper, right? And you draw a straight line on that paper with a pencil. Okay. That's analog. Yeah. If you then get your pencil and then underneath that line, you do a bunch of dots really close together mm-hmm. in the in the shape of a line. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's digital. Right. Analog is a uninterrupted just stream of audio, whereas digital is it's kind of like the same as a film is a bunch of pictures played really fast. Digital mm. is a bunch of frequencies played really fast. It's not a continuous stream. Yeah, but you can't perceive the, no. the gaps in between the dots. No, it's played at most music is played at forty four point one hertz. Yeah, something like that. MP threes are a bit more compressed, mm. which means they probably have a lower frequency or whatever. But but what does that, that doesn't mean anything? Yeah, it doesn't mean that doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it doesn't mean. Well, if, I, I guess from an analog purist perspective, it's like, well, I want the the like cleanest yeah, the sound yeah i want the, the but purest but you don't get the cleanest sound from that though uh from like lossless 4k audio will give you a much anyway maybe this are we doing this later no is this, this is, later well, on or is this kind of no, but like that that's why i'm saying it's more of a philosophical debate it's yeah. like whether you think yeah that those gaps that you can't perceive in between the digital sound bursts or whatever you want to call them is losing out on the analog simplicity or beauty or whatever yeah i think that's probably more where it comes from i think if you played two people two different audio files that say. were of uh, very very good quality it would be hard for them to 
you can tell the dif- yeah, difference. Yeah, I, I think if you were to put like one of these analog purists and do a blind audio test, you know, like tell me which one's which kind of thing, and you mm-hmm. or which one is better, and it's like you know we've got we've got an original pressing vinyl here, and then we've got a remastered vinyl. Well, actually, the remastered vinyl is actually just a 4K lossless yeah. audio, right? Mm. You were to say, you know, what did you think of the the vinyl? They'd probably sit there and go, oh, well, I could still tell it was a vinyl and it was this and that. No, you couldn't. You know, no, no, you, you just think it's that good. Yeah. You know, they, they would definitely, I think, choose the, the better audio because it is better. I, but that will get me on to a point, obviously, that a lot of people have made to me when discussing this with them as well. Later on. Later on okay, later on. okay. Well, 1999, biggest year for... CDs, I think music revenue, just in general. Coming to 2004, that's when downloaded music sales first appeared in like the Recording Industry of America's mm-hmm. uh, annual sales statistics um, after Apple's iTunes Music Store launched oh, yeah, in okay. 2003. Oh, yeah. Vinyl is kind of slowly just rumbling away in the background doing like one half of a percent or whatever. The purists. And then 2007, Record Store Day begins. Oh, is that as new as 2007? Mm-hmm. Wow! So record store day, we can we'll probably talk about it a bit later on as one as to maybe one of the reasons why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is a it's like an event where basically lots of bands or artists will release limited edition or kind of new vinyls for record store day. It's mm-hmm. usually in April, and on that day is 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 kind of just done to support local independent record stores yeah mostly yeah that's always what um, i've got from it so anyway. it's just to encourage people to go out. oh look here's a whole bunch of new vinyls for you here come out try them have a you know yeah. let's buy one support the local record store but in 2007 vinyl sees its first increase in sales since 1978 or whatever it is. Oh, yeah that's so, impressive i know the so record store day was obviously a lot of people signed up for it and a lot of people got on board mm-hmm. pretty quick which yeah which is quite surprising given it's been less of half of a percent <laughs> And now all of a sudden they're like, yeah. let's like, you know, see that really like little percentage of the market. Let's just give that whole whole day. People are you know? very romantic about vinyl though, aren't they? Yeah, I guess that's true. Especially musicians. Yeah. Bloody hell, musicians are romantic about they vinyl. Love it. So if you tell all the big artists, oh, we're going to do something to support vinyl, they'll be like, yes, I am in. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so that was 2007. 2011 is when digital sales overtake CD for the first time. Oh, you're going down. Yeah. See you later. And then by 2016... Streaming overtakes digital, so oh, no. digital did not have the crown for very long. And it went downhill from um, there. Streaming not only overtook digital in 2016, it overtook digital CD and vinyl put together. Um, wow. Yeah. Because, I mean, to be fair, if you've got streaming, you don't need anything. Yeah, you don't need anything else. <laughs> anything That's else, it. pretty much. That if you've got Tidal, yeah. you've got lossless 4K. Oh, there you go. Right there. Apple are doing something like that, aren't they? Doing like Dolby Atmos yeah, I don't know. I maybe albums and stuff yeah. like that. It's just Spotify that are just we don't care about the quality. Yeah. You chumps will lap it up no matter what we give you. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how many of your musician friends share yeah. how little we pay you. And no matter how many Eurovision songs sing about it. But uh, yeah, so streaming overtakes the world, as we are all very aware. But <laughs> as you're streaming this right vinyl, now. vinyl has continued to to slowly creep up there. In twenty twenty two just over 41 million vinyl records were sold, which was a revenue of about $1.2 billion. And that is the 16th consecutive year of growth, accounting for about 71% of all physical sales now. Yeah. It's like, you know, CD was great, but now I think like my, my car, for example, doesn't have a CD player. Neither does mine. So you're not going to go and buy CDs to listen to the car. You're going to keep streaming that. No. But if you have a record player, you're going to buy a record 
to play. Yeah, you know, does, you're not going to um, sit and put oh, let's let's slot a CD in. You know, but that's the thing. That's the whole difference around people romanticize records because they're analog and it's like yeah. a thing. Whereas CDs, whilst they're so easy to produce and a lot cheaper yeah. to make nowadays anyway, they're a lot yeah. cheaper to make. There's the nostalgic attachment and the we don't hold CDs in high regard, do we? No. Mainly, mainly because I guess they are so easy to reproduce. Like. Yeah, you and can burn a CD a, on your laptop and exactly, it's there. Exactly, yeah. it had such a dominance. Whereas vinyl, you can't you can't make a vinyl yourself, can you? It's this like special yeah. thing that is, is created and you're like, oh wow, how does this work? It's like a groove, but how does that make sound? Nobody knows. Should we make a um, Music is a Dead Scene CD? A CD? Yeah. Oh, okay. What Should we do a batch on one, it? batch two CD? Oh, like of all yeah, of Yeah, our... us on the CD. Actually, I don't think a CD could hold all that, unfortunately. Really? So CDs could hold quite a lot. They can. I don't think. What is the maximum hold. capacity of a CD? I think it's like seventy odd minutes. No, is that it? Eighty minutes of audio. Eighty minutes. There you go. We wouldn't even get some episodes on there. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. I'm really surprised at that. I yeah. don't know why. So, because a CD works the same way that a vinyl does, but just with a laser instead of. Yeah, I guess so. Um, you can, which means you can do it a lot a smaller. Yeah. Because it's still... There's still etchings, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. If you scratch in, a it CD... It doesn't go in and out. It, it goes from like side to side, doesn't it? Ah, maybe. Because it's, it's, there's no... You can't feel... Yeah, the, there's not literal bumps in it. Yeah. Like on a vinyl. I think it's just like a wave, like a line that you can... It goes like that. And right. the laser reads that as an audio okay. file. I'm just making this up. It sounds legit. If you had said... Not just said that you were making that up, it sounded legit. Should we go for it? Because okay. I think uh, I think it's uh, very similar. CD uh, work. That, does that sentence make any sense to you? A CD works by focusing a 780 nanometer wavelength semiconductor laser onto a single track of the disc. As the disc rotates, the laser beam measures differences in the way the light is reflected off the polycarbonate layer on the bottom of the disc, converting it to sound. Yikes. Boom. So now we know. Oh, God, there's like diagrams. Oh, of like light big scientific diagrams. All right, okay. like mic- oh, Jesus. There's a speaker. Uh, okay, so CDs are magic. And yeah, CDs are also magic. So if a CD is also magic in the same way that no one knows how a vinyl works. <laughs> ah, just vinyls are cool, mate. They're just so cool. Ah, whatever. But yes, vinyl has, has done well. 2022 is its biggest year ever since the 1980s, I think. It's That's something good. like that. Uh, in 2022, Taylor Swift's Midnight's is the first album to have its vinyl sales outpace CD since 1987. Currently the only 21st century album to sell more than a million copies. So that takes us right up to modern day. Vinyl is bigger than ever. It's doubled its sales each year. But it's not bigger than ever because it's not bigger than the peak. Yeah, sure. It's bigger, so we haven't it's bigger, we haven't re-peaked yet. It's just it's kind of yeah. In terms of actual like its peak, it's like nowhere near. I think we're about three hundred million. Oh, okay. So we have a while to go. Uh, vinyl sales off it, so it's yeah. uh, it's making a little splash. Yeah. Anyway. I do have. I mean, I I don't have like strong feelings, but I know why I don't prefer. I'm not going to say I don't like vinyl. I know why I don't prefer vinyl to mm-hmm. like streaming. Just a, it's, it's just a practicality aspect for me. Okay, I think we've had this conversation. It's just before. practicality. Well, let's say you have, you're having folk round and you're like, oh, yeah, should we put some music on? Like, yeah, let me just go into this box to then take out this cardboard sleeve to then slide the vinyl out of the cover, to then slide it out of the other sleeve to then put it on the record player. 
And there's probably a lot of like these these vinyl fanatics of like are cringing at the order that I'm doing this because I'm not de-staticking it or brushing it or cleaning the needle and all that. Because I know someone that does all that, and I'll go into his process in a bit. And then just you know, go put the needle on, and then you get like six tracks, and you're all having a good time, you're all chatting, whatever. Oh, just gotta flip the vinyl, take the needle off, move the needle to the side, flip the no on your phone. Right, here's a link. This is the playlist. Everyone add the songs that you want and then they'll non-stop music for the rest of the evening. No one has to touch a thing. Everyone gets songs that they want done. Interesting. How is that not better? Um, well, I, do you want me to do my side of the argument? Yeah, go on. Yeah. I think for me, having an album on vinyl that I like and I know, mm-hmm. I think it makes me more likely to pay attention and appreciate the music that okay. I'm listening to because I have had to go through that whole rigmarole of putting it on. But you can still enjoy music without a rigmarole. No, but, but do you know what I mean? You know, I've got Spotify, so I have access to every single album ever, right? Yeah. I don't think I've listened to many albums as intently with as much respect or whatever you want to call it as I have with the albums that I've got on vinyl because I have to want to listen to it. Whereas with that, I can kind of go... Play it and then I can stop it if I get bored of it or whatever. But you can stop a vinyl as well. Yeah, I know, but I went to the effort of doing it. So if I've done that, I'm going to be more invested yeah. in it. Yeah, okay. Well, you, see, you kind of see where I'm coming from? Yeah, so I'll raise you this then. If You, you know the rigmarole that you have to go through. Because mm-hmm. you are one of these people that will brush it and clean it and make sure. it all nice, right? And that's fine. So you obviously know that you want to listen to that album or you know that you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So when you put it on your phone at the you know touch of a button, why do you not appreciate it then? Why can you not go, well, I'll, oh, I really want that album on vinyl. Oh, look, I didn't here it is like on my phone, it. though. It feels like I've earned that listen at that point. Whereas, like, when I'm just ah. listening to something on my phone, it just feels like this is just temporary. It can be whatever. I can skip it. I can do whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, 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 do, see, I do see your point. I there do is, see... There's, there's more of a, I don't know, that it's... This is really not the word I want. It's not ceremony. But it feels like a little yeah. like thing like you're ritual. doing. Yeah, like a ritual. Sure. And I don't know. For me, it kind of... It really does make me pay attention more because it's like, well, I've, I've bought this thing on vinyl. It cost me a fair amount because vinyls cost a lot these days mm, that's true there there is something to be said about having something tangible yeah. to hold and look at yeah, yeah. I, I i do subscribe to that i'm not saying it's the be all end of all if you want to have something on your phone i, I don't think that should take away yeah. from your enjoyment of it but having that thing on my shelf and being able to appreciate it mm-hmm. by listening to it in its entirety without oh, i don't know the distractions of phone or the you know the capability of being able to stop it or skip or change or whatever yeah. whenever my mood happens to like slightly waver and then i go mm, well okay we'll just change it whereas with the vinyl it's like well no it's a bit more of an effort to change it so maybe i'll mm. stick with it and then i can by sticking with it i feel like i get more enjoyment out of it mm. but that's me and i understand your thing about parties as well yeah or just in general like yeah i mean right so there's a guy at my work uh, malcolm his name is right and he has a hi-fi room. Okay. So nice. he has a whole room in his in his home dedicated to just listening to music. Mm-hmm. And he will go in there and he will take out a record and he will clean the record cleaner first, wipe the down, he'll, wipe the thing. he'll de-static it. He has a gun to de-static the... Yeah, I got, I got bought one of those. Did yeah. you? Yeah, well, oh my God. And see if if him and his wife are in there and she's like on her phone or whatever, he's like, are you listening? Are you, are you, what are you doing? Are you paying attention to this? Because yeah. for him, it's such a huge ritual. But then he does one thing that a lot of vinyl hate, like lovers will hate. Mm-hmm. See all the little sleeves on the inside that tell you all about the songs and like look all pretty. So he pins them on his wall, oh. and his son comes around and cringes. 
Oh, really? like, you're not supposed to do that. Like, keep it. He, he, his son will keep it all nice and pristine and whatever. Cause, right, yeah. But, but, like, as far as Malcolm's way, he, he's not going to sell them. He's not getting rid of them. They're not for anyone else. They're mm. not for someone else to look at. And he has a few vinyls that are quite expensive and some that he thinks should be expensive but aren't. He doesn't give a shit. He just pins all the stuff on the wall and makes it look all nice. But for him, it's a, it is a ritual. It yeah. is a whole big thing. And I'm just sitting going, you just not got the time for it. But you could just hit play. You know what I mean? You can still just sit and you can still just listen to it. For me, it's just a completely different experience. Just tap and play on your phone in like half a second. It's 2023. As to vinyl. It's 2023. Why do we need, to, you know, I'm, I can not just saying, do I'm not saying it's the, the only way to enjoy music. Yeah, no, I get that. But for people that do enjoy vinyl, I think that is the appeal. I I I see your point. I ha- I own vinyls. I have vinyls. I had a record player, little one of the little briefcase ones. Again, vinyl purists are going to cringe, but it was a little briefcase one. You know the yeah. little. So yeah, I, you know I get it. I've I've done it. I've, I do the whole thing. But I do also think but, that like I, I agree with your friend's point in that you know people that just like collect it and then just store it in this pristine box. It's like it's meant to be used. As yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're quite durable, unless you know you're. Oh, if you've been a fan, really yeah, bad with it being. Yeah, yeah. My favorite thing about vinyl mm-hmm. is that it's bigger than a CD, and if it's got nice artwork, it looks good on a wall. Yeah, and I have a couple of signed ones. I wouldn't get someone to sign a CD for me. Not the same. No, but I would get a vinyl signed. So sometimes I buy vinyl just because I'm at the show mm-hmm. and the band are there. So you would buy it as a as a way to support. I, I, yeah, uh, yeah. The most of the reason that I would buy it would be to to give them money because I know how much that's cool. It costs. I mean, there was a band that that I knew a while ago, sixteen twelve, I think they're called. They had a sort of like a Kickstarter campaign type thing, where they were going to get an album made of their their first their like debut album. Yeah, and it was like we have to get X amount of people signing up to this before the company will actually print them and sell them mm-hmm. and they, they never made it they never but i did i was like i will give you my money to support you and to help you do this cool thing that you want to do but you know so yeah i feel like we've touched on a we've touched on a couple of points there first and foremost is that this vinyl resurgence vinyl isn't a it's not meant to replace streaming it's not no. meant to oh here we go let's bring it back let's make vinyl the main format of music vinyl has now become this luxury purchase for mm-hmm people who want to support the bands or like kind of want to collect something. It's not, it's no longer like, oh, well I have to buy every single album on vinyl yeah. because that's the only way I'm going to listen to it. No, because everyone has streaming. So it is now this luxury purchase that bands who are smaller or, you know, don't have the massive income from streaming like Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift and Beyonce and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. They can use that to, as a, like a piece of merch almost. If they can afford to print it though. Well, that's the other that's, thing. That's expensive so yeah, vinyl do. has become this luxury purchase. But because we just basically got rid of vinyl in the late 80s, early 90s, Sony shut down their plants, the vinyl infrastructure to produce it has Gone. just disappeared. No which longer means there. that now that it's ramping back up, not many places have been able to get vinyl production plants on their feet yet. It's, it's slowly becoming better because obviously the demand is there but over the last decade or so it's been really hard for bands to produce vinyls because there's just like three plants or something like that and they've got a massive backlog 
of stuff that they're trying to do. So it doesn't make sense for artists to produce 10 vinyls because the pl plant are just going to be like, no. We're not going to waste our time. Yeah, yeah, fuck off. It takes us like two days to set up the, totally. the lathe and we're not going to produce 10, 10 albums. That's not cost effective for us at all. I mean, for that band I just mentioned, it was like 100. They need to... You right. have a hundred people say, I will buy one. Are they going to do a hundred for them or are they going to wait until maybe a band who have got, uh, you know, a thousand, a thousand or 10,000 yeah, who totally. have got a slightly bigger audience and they're going, oh, we're going to go with them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sad. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, I mean, we used to sit and burn CDs of our old stuff, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was yeah, so yeah. easy. It was just use the master file, click and drop, burn it. There you go. You got a CD. Done. Yeah. Pop it in the case. There you go. But then a CD isn't a luxury purchase but it's anymore, a luxury like a vinyl. Yeah. And I think that's what artists are trying to do. They're trying to make it more appealing yeah. to people because they're spending a lot of money. You know, vinyls are upwards of £30 now, mm -hmm. most cases. Yeah. So, yeah, I will, I'll always buy a vinyl. Not always, but I'll buy a vinyl if it's a band that I enjoy. And yeah. You want to support, support them, them rather helping than... them out and all that. Yeah. So. But that's definitely one of the reasons why I think vinyl has taken a comeback because mm -hmm. it does, it is this nice collector's item. It, you, yeah. it does have nice artwork. It means people like yourself will put it on their wall or, you know. Bands spend a lot of time making artwork. It's exactly. Tough. And it, it's to hard. get it on the screen about like an inch <laughs> tall, it's like right. that's the only time you're ever going to see it. I know. It does feel like a shame sometimes, whereas you get it blowing up in a nice big vinyl. It's like, ah, there we go. That was it. That was how it was supposed to look, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Well, that discussion happened earlier on than I thought, but hey-ho. Oh, where was that meant to be? I don't know. Doesn't oh, matter. right, okay. But yeah. it's good. I was going to say it's my hot take. It's not that hot. No, I've... It, Just how I, I feel I feel like we're it. the two sides of modern... I think so. ...music consumers. I think we both get it. Uh, there's a couple of different articles. Oh, there. Yeah, there he goes. Emil Berliner gets oh, there he is. ...on an article why vinyl is back. And, and an article on The Manual, the website, The Manual. Charlie Randall, who's the CEO of... Macintosh Labs. Ooh. He says, there is something romantic about records, something satisfying about opening the album jacket, seeing the fantastic artwork and studying the liner notes while listening to the album. That's something that today's digital files just can't replace. It's kind of similar to what we were talking yeah. about. Yeah. CDs had that too sometimes. Yeah. But, but again, yeah, you're... Yeah. It's small and it's plastic yeah. and it's not cheap, but... CDs were, were designed to be able to be made lots so that they could sell. You know, CDs used to be like 20 quid. I know, wild the peak. That? No yeah. wonder they were making <laughs> so much money. Making absolute bang. <laughs> 20 quid for Imagine a CD. paying 20 quid for a new CD. Yeah, that's just, just... getting this bit of plastic. That's like printing your own money at that point, yeah. isn't it? That's wild. <laughs> and then turntables, high-quality turntables are being priced at good levels now. You don't find well, that, yeah. like, back, I think, maybe 20 years ago to get a good turntable would have cost you a lot. I mean, how much is one of those, like, just a, a shitty record, briefcase record player? Is that what that's what they're called, isn't it? Briefcase? Yeah, probably like 30 quid, honestly. Like, not much at all. 32 99 on Amazon, uh, on Argos. But I don't know if you get, quote, unquote, good ones of them. Because there's all, there's all about the weight of the needle and there's all, you know, all that kind of stuff and the pressure that's on it. And these, these ones, briefcase ones, don't have that. They just no, pop no. it on and it yeah. goes, douche. Which means that if there's any sort of... If you're listening to an album with lots of bass, the the bassier the sound is, the like I think it's the deeper or the wider. All right, okay. I think it's the deeper the groove goes. Right. So that has a tendency. If there's a big bass hit, it kind of kicks the needle out, which is how vinyls oh, end okay. up like skipping and right, jumping. Yeah. Which is why I think a weighted needle is better. 
Mm. I think mine's has a little weight on the back of it. Yeah. Um, yours is quite, yours is a really nice one. Mine's is a really nice one. Yeah. It was a very nice present from my sure, father. Sure, <laughs> to your dad, yeah. I know, yeah, yeah. I definitely couldn't afford that. <laughs> but yeah, look, what we did a lot of insight gathering from our current customers, says, this guy's called Hagen. Shout out to Hagen. Don't know who you are, but yep. doing good work. Yes, um, we did a lot of insight gathering from our current customers and from people, people who expressed interest in being a first-time record player. Ooh. And what we learned is that people looking to play vinyl want something with the convenience, the ease of use of a classic suitcase record player, there you go. but that looked beautiful in the home and, and a little bit better sound than an entry-level player might have sounded like. So people want... See, there you go. People want convenience. For sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Convenience is a hard thing to relinquish once you've got it isn't it I suppose that's true and we've covered the the pressing issues around pressing issues they are very pressing around trying to make vinyls the demand for vinyl globally is between two and three times what supply can keep up with yeah that's not so good no but there are those who have tried to help specifically record store day yeah absolutely we know started in 2007 it was to celebrate the culture of the independently owned record store official organizers operate in the uk ireland mexico europe japan and australia like how europe is included there just as one yeah <laughs> block yeah one big thing <laughs> have you ever taken part in record store day I don't think I have. It's good fun. Yeah, I maybe have at some point. I don't know, but I know a, a record store that I follow on Facebook mm-hmm. didn't take part this year because they don't think it's it is what it used to be. Fair enough. Because I think there's maybe a couple of people that are kind of waking up to the idea of actually it's maybe more expensive than it should be, or you know, for them to take part, it's not cost effective and all that kind of stuff. Because these. Records that are produced for Record Store Day, they aren't produced in massive amounts of numbers because obviously it's supposed to be like a limited edition thing. Yeah. So for all of the little independent record stores to get their hands on these, it can be quite hard. Quite a lot. And what I remember Record Store Day being for me is when I was kind of in my Mm mid-teens, is my parents would... There's, there's, they always produce a big list of every record that's been released specifically for Record Day, you know, limited edition variants of this you know singles that were never put out with b-sides that have never been heard before or yeah. specific shows that have never been released before and stuff like that by albums you know live albums or whatever yeah and they would go through this list and they would highlight everything oh that'd be cool to check and see if they've got that would be cool to check and we would have this big list of stuff that we wanted yeah and basically how it works is you would queue up outside the record store yeah and then once you got in you would go have you got this have you got this and they would go oh, okay. we've run out of that we've run out of that oh, we've that's that. good. we didn't get a chance to get that right and then you would have get maybe two or three that you could get your hands on and then you'd buy those yeah so you know what's coming out you know what's going to be there yes yes and there's obviously the massive ones that they produce lots of and you can buy other records as well once you're in the record store it's quite easy to just browse the other ones that they've got in stock but yeah of those ones that were actually released it's it can be really hard to get your hands on one which i think also creates the kind of like the buzz like oh we've got to get there quick oh yeah you got to try and get your hands on this yeah yeah exactly it creates a bit of excitement it creates a bit of demand I like it. Record Store Day 2016 produced the biggest week of sales for vinyl since the introduction of SoundScan. I don't know. What's the fuck is SoundScan? I don't know what we're talking about. Oh, it just tracks the sales of music. Oh, okay. So, yeah, biggest week sales of vinyl since the introduction of the SoundScan thing that tracks music sales. Tracks music, I like it. Oh, here we go. In the UK, the event has been criticised for catering to record collectors rather than casual music fans Mm -hmm. and delaying the release of non-affiliated records by monopolising the capacity of record pressing fans. Damn. So yeah, that's contributing to the issue of 
other artists who are just releasing albums creating a bottleneck yeah not being able to get their stuff out because like I, i've heard stories of artists who have like submitted their stuff to record plants six months before right and like still just got it made in time or maybe not mm. even had it made in time so it's like you've if you want to do this you've really got to have it in the planning of like okay yeah. we're releasing an album that means we've got to have the masters done yeah well before we actually want to release it which is bad because yeah things change for bands of certain uh, levels you have to spend a lot of money to make your album and you probably would yeah. like a return on that money sooner rather than later so yeah. if you've made an album and it costs you 20 grand to make it and you're you can't do any shows to promote the album you can't do any <laughs> releases yeah. of merch or whatever to it's like you're just kind of sitting on this massive debt hole <laughs> that you yeah. can't top up because oh yeah sorry it's going to be about six months before we can get the vinyls to you yeah oh sorry but then you could look at that on you know on the flip side you could almost here's the album here it is you all love it enjoy it whatever and then six months later we're doing a special re-release of the album on vinyl Ta-da! yeah i think that's what and all of a sudden you've got that peak of the sales and then it dips and then the peak of the new sales mm-hmm. and yeah definitely i think that's what some artists have started to do they've just been like look sorry guys we'll get the vinyls to you when we yeah. can it's also really for smaller artists taking vinyls on the road to have at your merch stand oh, yeah. I think is like uh, it's a big deal because people yeah. t-shirts being priced at 20-30 quid some people go yeah I wouldn't t-shirt. price a t-shirt at that yeah. personally but then if you see a vinyl at 20-30 quid you go that's well, about right bog standard yeah. yeah it definitely is vinyl has become a bit of a lifeblood for smaller acts I think mm. but the, uh, it brings to the brings to the point of you have to master for vinyl if you take the, the master that you just made six months ago and put it on a vinyl, you're not getting any of the benefits of having it on vinyl. No. So so a, a real, like a, a true like diehard vinyl fan, more often than not, will be able to tell this wasn't mastered for vinyl. This was mastered for... Because like the Wombats have recently announced or a little while ago that they were doing a, a re-release of like their first or second album on... I think it was their first album on vinyl. Right. Because they reached an anniversary. Mm-hmm. So I was like... Is it going to be mastered for vinyl or not? And they you would never, like to they never got so, back to me. I left them a comment on the post, but they never replied to my comment. No one did. So, okay. you know, because, yeah, you're re-releasing it, but is it actually going to be better than what I already have on my phone or that CD that I bought 10 years yeah, ago? Yeah, and know? I guess there's only certain places that can master for vinyl. I know Abbey Road still have, like, mastering for vinyl yeah. set up mm-hmm. where you go and they, they ha- I think they have the capability to create the the etching the you know the the plate oh yeah that okay. you um then use to press the vinyls into Ooh. so you can then make your master plate and then send that off to a vinyl plant and oh, then they'll reproduce good. it for that's their machines yeah but that's what you need to, you need to make the like negative mold don't you yeah to press the vinyl into and yeah have you yeah. ever seen it it looks like a bit of dog poop yeah yeah vinyl just comes out and it's like a right, and then you just squish and it, then it down. squishes it yeah. down and heats it up yeah, and yeah. then like mold it. Yeah, because you get really cool ones that are like clear vinyl plastic. Like, because are they even still vinyl? Or are they plastic? Well, we're gonna get onto that in a minute as well. So yeah, because vinyl is this luxury purchase now, people feel the need to make it feel like a luxury purchase. So yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Making it nice and clear and different colors. That's gonna come up a lot later on when we get to the crazy stuff. I like it. Jack White. And his his record label, Third Man Records, has also been a very big supporter of vinyl throughout his whole career. He would be. He has really kind of pushed the envelope in terms of 
weird stuff you can do with vinyl. I like it. Um, I believe we had an email. We got one email about email. vinyl. Which We're getting is there. We're fair getting enough because this is really not the most interesting topic to contribute to. So that's I understand okay, it. What did what did Hat Sam have to say about Jack White? I'll do. I'll read the whole thing at the end. Obviously. Yeah, that's fine. So yeah, Sam talked about his his kind of thoughts on vinyl. We can share that at the end. Yeah. But he he also brought up some facts about Jack White. Thanks for this, Sam. I'm 99% sure Jack White was the first person to have a vinyl play three different versions of the same song, depending on what groove you drop the needle in. I'm sure he was also the first person to put a song in the middle of the vinyl, under the center. You know how the vinyl had the oh, center yeah, so where the it has the, the information. Mm-hmm. He was the first person to put a song in there. Oh, wow. So if you peeled up the Does thing... Does the needle would... go all that way, though? Well, it can do, if you just take that bit off. Right, okay. But he, like, hid a song under there. He also made a vinyl that played from the inside out. How would you do that? You'd have to rewire your uh, yeah your record player. I remember um you remember backmasking the yeah. whole people had to like flip their vinyl players upside down, have the needle floating up the way to like get it to play back. It was very confusing. Yeah, that's quite complicated. Yeah. to try and get it to play backwards. But yeah, you would have to do that if you wanted to play it. He had a a vinyl that had three different RPMs all on the same disc. Oh, that's. That's com- that's confusing. That's complicated. Yeah, he's a he's a bit of a nutter, Jack White. Yeah, he loves it. What else has he done? <laughs> he instead of a seven inch single, he released an eight inch single. You have to make a custom sleeve for that. Yeah, everything. yeah. Well, it'd have yeah. to be yeah, because it's a size that nobody else makes. Mm. He uh, he released Third Man Records, his record label, released all fifty six of their Blue Series singles on one side of the vinyl to celebrate their third anniversary. This means the record has to be played at three RPM. No turntable can do that. Oh, yeah. But then these are all sort of like collector things, aren't they? These are all sort of... It's mainly to celebrate vinyl and celebrate like, oh, here's something that's never been won for. Let's just do something weird. I quite like it. What else has he done? (laughs) He hid a smaller record inside of a 12-inch one that you would have to crack open and find. What? Yeah, the Dead Weather Blue Blood Blues triple decker record. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, who finds that though? Glow in the dark vinyl. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it would have instructions on it. Um, or not? And someone just not. accidentally broke it, and they went, "Oh, secret vinyl." He made a uh, for Karen Elson's "The Ghost Who Walks with Peach Colored and Peach Scented Vinyl." Oh, that's nice. Yeah. He, for his own single "16 Saltines," he made the world's first liquid vinyl. So it had a hollow core and it had a liquid in it that would kind of that's quite cool. bubble and make weird patterns. Crazy, huh? Yeah, that's good fun. I yeah. like that he's he's having fun with it. But it, it definitely makes it more of a, it's worth purchasing because it's not just a, it's like something cool it's a and thing. weird. And like yeah. many people have followed that trend, you know, mm-hmm. due to its increase in popularity, it's become more of a luxury purchase. So artists have to set themselves apart to get that, get that sale. Maybe that's why weirder, more elaborate, and like stupid vinyl records have yeah. started coming up. But I've managed to source okay. some of the strangest vinyls that have been released. Nice. Because. What else? Why not? Well, yeah, what yeah. else are we going to talk about? So I've got a couple of lists. Thanks, HMV. You did a good list of weird vinyls. Ooh. I'm going to start with the expensive stuff. Okay. Yeah. Because. Gold vinyls. Yeah. Vinyl has become a luxury purchase, but people have been taking it quite quite far you know you've got the box sets and the limited editions and the colored Mm. variants that have all been very very popular if we go onto these pages this is like a vinyl 
website where you can buy stuff. This is the pre-orders page on the soundofvinyl.com. Oh, very good. Uh, top of the list, we've got Eric Clapton. He is selling the Definitive 24-Night Super Deluxe Vinyl Box for £314.99. It's quite a lot of money. Yes. What do we get for our purchase? Lots of different vinyls. How, what, how much music is actually on it? This is just telling me the history of his... It's eight LPs and three Blu-rays, apparently. Oh. The Deluxe Box Six includes 47 songs and almost six hours of music. I don't know if I like Eric Clapton enough that much. Yeah. <laughs> Who else have we got? You've got Wham, the singles box set, £250. Enya, a box of dreams, six wow. limited edition, six LP vinyl box set for £200. But it's it's not cheap anymore. What, what have we got on HMV? If, if you're a fan, you'll pay it. Oh yes, this was the one that I saw. Vinyl and CD box sets. Here we go. Okay. Use Your Illusion, Super Deluxe, 12 LP and Blu-ray set from Guns N' Roses is uh, retailing for £450. Yeah. That sounds like Guns N' Roses to be That fair. to me sounds like the thing that once you buy it, wait 10 years, you'll not ever make your money back. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. It just strikes me as a, they think this is going to be hot shit. You know what I mean? I know. And they, but it's I, probably not. I feel like they can put uh, the price up like fifty percent because they put limited edition on it. Or whatever. Oh yeah, Aye, and that's just and despite the other... fact that none of this is actually like it's just a bunch of music packaged with some nice art cards and stuff like that. Like you don't, yeah. I don't feel like you really. I don't know. It's hard to say you get your money's worth because if you're a Guns N' Roses fan, this might be the thing you've been wanting this whole time. Yeah, but, like, but then also if you are going to keep it to resell it, you're not going to get any use out of it. It's gonna as soon as you open up that wrap on the front mm -hmm. that's it it's not going to be worth what you think yeah. it could be worth you know but yeah I, I feel like what they end up doing is they just end up padding stuff out with a bunch of live stuff and a bunch of like artwork and posters yeah. and stuff like that and like maybe to someone that's worth it but like it just seems like a ridiculous price to pay for for an album yeah it's like i guess it's like i get it it's a collector's box set and i've bought things that i've probably spent too much money on before but like mm -hmm. that's a lot it is a lot you're right it's, uh, it's it's getting very silly, I guess you could say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, people are taking the uh, the concept and running with it. They are for sure. Yeah, they are. I've got a list here of the most expensive vinyls ever sold. You can probably guess that a lot of it is going to be old copies yeah. of vinyls, original pressing. Yes, yeah. You know, I think the you know you could probably get the third highest selling album of all time was the uh, Ringo Starr's personal copy number 0000001 of the Beatles white album wow uh, which sold for 700,000 dollars i don't know maybe he was just like maybe they got copied number one of the other albums he was like i'm having this one mate yeah cute 790 grand the second highest selling one was Bob Dylan. A one-off recording of Bob Dylan's Blowing in the Wind sold for $1.8 million at auction in 2022. Also, prove it. <laughs> that is a one-off. Prove that's a one-off. Pro prove that's Ringo Starr's version one of the... Prove well, it. it had... They, they did the serial numbers on all of the, the albums, uh -huh. but then he had the very first... Like zero 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 one. All oh, right. So if you just write zero 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 Maybe. zero one on something... You've just tripled its value. I feel like auction houses have people who look into this sort of stuff. I would like no, to think so. No? I would like to think so. <laughs> Someone yes. just brings a vase in. This was Julius Caesar's yeah. vase. Look, you can see on the bottom he has scraped his initials. JC. JC on the bottom. <laughs> 
Alternatively, if you don't buy that, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, or it could have been, yeah, Jesus. JC himself. But that isn't the highest selling vinyl of all time. The uh, highest, most expensive vinyl of all time was actually made in 2015. Have you got any Ooh. guesses? Uh, Adele. No, no. Oh, Ed Sheeran. No, you got to think. Got to think cooler than that. Oh, LL Cool J. Not far away. Wu Tang Clan. Oh, I was getting there. Yeah, you were getting there. They made an album called Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. Yeah, they did. Uh, They made one copy of it. Oh, wow. Okay. They made it in secret. It took them about six or seven years. And they produced one vinyl copy of it. Why did it take six or seven years? Uh, Because there's a lot of them and they like to take their time on their music. So they they sold it at auction. And the hedge fund manager, Martin Shkreli, bought it for $2 million. It's clearly all he had lying around. That's a lot though, right? It's quite a bit of money. He signed a contract which means he cannot release it for public consumption i think uh, this is starting to sound familiar until the year 2103 yeah that's ringing a bell actually so he bought it in 2015 he's only allowed to play at listening parties or for personal consumption so nobody's ever going to hear this vinyl unless you're at a listening party well yes which i don't think is going to be happening anymore because in 2018 Three years after he bought it, he was arrested for securities fraud. All right. Okay. He was sentenced to seven years in prison and the FBI confiscated all of his personal belongings, including the album Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. (laughs) So where is it now then? The US Department of Justice in 2021 sold it on to a non-fungible token collector company called Pleaser DAO for $4 million to cover... Shkreli's debts. Okay. They now own it and they say they hoped to make it more widely accessible. So, okay, because he wasn't allowed to do anything with it, but now he doesn't own it. So do you think at the FBI, they were like, let's just play it, LOL. Who's going to know? Mate, Fridays in the FBI office would be fucking bouncing, man. Getting the uh, Wu-Tang Clan album on. (laughs) Can you listen to Once Upon a Time in Shaolin anywhere else? No, 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 you can't. You can't listen to it anywhere. Although I, I, I do, unfortunately, have to confess that I, I believe I've been misled by many articles about uh, vinyl because I, I, I think it wasn't a vinyl. I think it was actually a CD. <gasps> so I guess it's the, uh, the Bob Dylan one, but it's not as good a story as yeah, that's true. the FBI season, the there's most expensive a, album ever made. There's a track listing, though. Yeah, there's a track listing. Oh, okay. Limited, it's long. Limited information has been found out about it. Well, I mean, you're paying $2 million for it. Well, that's true. You'd want it to be a decent length. It declared it an art project. Yep. Shares on it. It is a CD. Yeah, it's a bit disappointing, eh? (sighs) So that's the most expensive stuff out of the way. Now we're coming on to the weird things you can do with packaging and making of your vinyl. This section is entitled Bodily Fluids. Awesome. Yes. More common than you would want. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. I want none, so... Yeah, me, me too. I'm, yeah. up, I'm totally fine with none, none, none bodily none fluids. fluids in yeah. my vinyls, please. Recently, for their new album, So Much for Stardust, Fall Out Boy uh, have infused their own tears into their vinyl. They've dubbed it Crinal. Oh, dear. With the slogan, records filled with real tears for maximum emotional fidelity. Okay. Yep, putting a whole new slant on the emo rock yeah they are <laughs> but that's them so would you would you buy a crinal nope no no don't want know. patrick stump's tears 
floating around as you spin your record. I think it's clear as well, so you can see them jiggling. Are they actually like in there? In I think there? so. I think like it's a, you know, like Jack White did Jack the White style. did the liquid vinyl. That's weird. Yeah. Also, prove it. <laughs> we could do a DNA test if you want. Uh, maybe. Should we get it open? Crack it. Yeah. Break it open. Yeah. So that's about the most tame this section gets. Moving on. <laughs> Melbourne punk band Private Function included their urine. Oh, lovely. It was sold as a special gold variant until it was in fact revealed to be filled with piss, as the band put it. Um, <laughs> Why? I don't know. How do they get away with that? I don't, what vinyl plant is like pressing these? Yeah, by the we'll way? do so that. Like, by the way, we've got an idea and they're like... Yeah, we're about to start pressing your vinyl. Go and wait a minute. I need to piss in it. Like, no, not, no chance. <laughs> I also found out that Private Function had already run into trouble with... Uh, the album was called some stupid 370HSSV0773H. I don't know if it spells something backwards. There, which is their third album. After it was revealed that the first 3,000 copies of the album, which featured a lottery card style scratchable cover hmm. with a... $30,000 prize would Ooh. not be eligible for sale in South Australia after falling foul of the state's gambling laws. Oh, okay, fair So enough. they've got ideas coming out the wazoo yeah. for the private function. That's quite good, I like that. Yeah. Well, I don't like the urine bit. No, I don't like the urine bit, but yeah, I like that they're the coming out with ideas. Interesting. Although they aren't the only ones. Jazz group Eohippus. E- okay. I don't know how to say that name. They had a urine coloured vinyl with their urine okay funnily enough but not only that they thought it'd be a good idea to put their own pubic hair into the vinyl as well who's laughing at that I don't know that's just that was for their single getting your hair wet with pee I see what they did though so that's the thing and um, I could only find two groups that have put their own urine in vinyl but I could find three that have infused their own blood into vinyl that feels more metal yeah Kind of. There was a, an artist called Perfect Pussy that did it. There was, a, I think, a metal band called Motionless and White did it. Mm-hmm. And then the Flaming Lips, who... I don't know quite know how I feel about it. They collected blood from themselves and a bunch of their friends, including Coldplay singer Chris Martin oh. and Kesha. All right, okay. Just to name a few. Yeah. And they put all of the blood in these vinyls, made 10 copies, and they sold them for like 20 grand each, but then gave the money to charity. Oh, that's nice. Which is, yeah, I'm fine with that, but it's like just... Yeah, why bother? Can you imagine that conversation with yeah. Chris Martin? Ah, he's around at your house, by the way. He's your blood. I've got this idea. <laughs> Can I get some blood? We're going we're gonna to raise a bunch of money for charity. Chris Martin's like, well, oh, oh, great. I love charity. We're always about, you know, saving the environment, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, let's do it. What, what do you need? He's just like, well, blood. Here's a nurse. Please present your forearm. Or imagine if it was even weirder and the band were sitting around... What do we do with all this blood? <laughs> yeah. What do we do we with Chris got, Martin's blood? We just Why got do we Kesha's have... blood lying around, mate? We need to use this. We should get. It's going. It's starting to like go a bit. Checking anyway. the best before. Oh man. Oh dude. We've got to use this in the next couple of months. Or like someone left the freezer open back then. Oh, oh we got to use all the blood, guys. The freezer's. Oh, the freezer's open. It's broken. We, we got to use all this blood. Get the record label on the phone. They're gonna love this. <laughs> and then we'll give it to Charlie. Yeah, that's really bizarre. I don't think I'm on board with bodily fluid. I think vinyl. bodily fluid should yeah stay no. uh, in your body. How much would you pay for a blood vinyl? I wouldn't. Nope. Nope. That's just bizarre to me. <laughs> pay you to keep it. Thank you. Yeah, I'll give you money <laughs> to not. Yes. Weird. Uh, slightly less gross. The final category we've got is weird packaging, which I feel is a lot safer. Yeah, this is more like it. But way more fun. People have done some weird stuff with vinyl. I can't remember who it was, but they, they, I remember there was someone who 
made the recover sandpaper ish. Hey, is that yeah, on there? That in here. Yes, yeah. yes. So, so it was, ruined all the other vinyls that it was in beside. It was a artist called the Deruti column. Now this isn't a modern vinyl, so no, it's, it's not technically well, part of the vinyl revival, but hey ho, it's still fun. Their album, The Return of the Deruti Column, which was one of their first albums, so hence a funny title, The Return. They've only oh, had I like, like one album. The sleeve was made out of sandpaper, like you right, said. Okay. Which means that whenever you place it on your shelf next to the other vinyls it scratches it them up rubs <laughs> like completely ruins yeah. the other ones you put it next to what's the benefit of that oh it's just being a dickhead isn't yeah, it just being a, it's quite fun yeah it's not very nice no but it's a little bit fun coming back to the vinyl revival oh yeah we okay. have some fun uh modern day packaging for the ghostbusters 30th anniversary soundtrack re-release mm -hmm. the packaging featured a kind of puffy stay puff marshmallow sleeve oh that's fun which was Infused with marshmallow scent. Aww. So that when you took out the vinyl, marshmallow smell like marshmallow. Uh, I like a white that. vinyl as I well. I like that. Which is very fun. I love those buses. Uh, the band Lemon Jelly had, a, I think, a single called Soft Rock. And right. it came in a homemade hand-stitched Levi's jeans sleeve. <laughs> with its like own little yeah. button kind of popper thing. That's, that's cute. And a flavoured condom for Aww. good measure. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, that that seems reminiscent of the sandpaper because obviously yeah. denim's quite rough, so yeah, they make you make scuff up some stuff. But that, exactly. yeah, that's fun. Yes. An artist called Shout Out Loud. They had a an album or a single called Blue Ice. Right, you can see where this is going. Mm -hmm. It didn't come as a vinyl, but it came as an ice mold and a bottle of water for you to freeze your own vinyl and oh, play it. That's quite cool. So you so, fill the mold with water, freeze uh -huh. it, and then it, you would be able to play the ice. That it made for how long? Well, Not very long, I should think. Uh, you gotta make another one, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, you got unlimited. Yeah, yeah so just you remember, it. just remember where the needle but melted I guess, through, um, and then. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. The start would be really would be okay, but then by the time you got to the middle, it would just be like. But then that's what I'm saying. So you gotta remember where you got to. So yeah. when you refreeze another one, you start it from there, <laughs> and then you you replace the needle. Yeah, from seems there. like quite a faff, but. But that's fun. Also, it would ruin the record player. Cause yeah, yeah. no, fucking water getting all over yeah. it every time. Aye. I know. Mm. And, plastic bag uh, underneath it or something. Or a needle and like... Yeah. And that's what I think about this last one as well. This last one was a, by an artist, Breakbot. Oh, yeah, a Breakbot. By your side. They made it out of chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the instruction, play it before you eat it. And that's the, that's the album of the song that's got it. I thought I had it all together. I had it all together. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it I think it's that song And I suppose chocolate's probably cheaper to make than vinyl I should think so But again, no longevity in that Yeah, you would. I feel like you'd put the needle on it And it would just scrape away all of your song <laughs> oh, As you yeah. would play it, surely I don't know how strong needles are But but then also uh, That then means that like once you've produced all of them And everyone's played them or eaten them There's no more anymore There's no copies left, yeah There's no, there's, That's it yeah, you, I how, how much money did you spend to, last as well. <laughs> to like effectively give to like give chocolate a gimmick, gimmicky chocolate? You know what I mean? That's that's really all it is. It's, it's just odd. chocolate with a gimmick. But it's quite cool though because then I suppose if you have one, you know, you've probably got one of the last ones. Yeah, but, but where have you kept it? it? It's going to go all white eventually. You know when yeah. chocolate does that? Thing. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's interesting though. But that is good fun. That's yeah. Yeah, those ones are a bit better than uh, than the blood ones. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do let's do chocolate and ice and things. And also, let's imagine, not do I imagine they were expensive, right? But I don't think I can't imagine them being more expensive than fucking 
Guns N' Roses is 12 LP no. box set. And also now they've been discussed on, you know, the best music document, music commentary podcast yeah. in the world. So kind of, you've got to so, do something out there again on this podcast. If you're listening, do more of that stuff. Don't do just endless crazy inside. box sets. Keep bodily fluids inside. Keep it to a reasonable kind of mm. price range, I suppose. Yeah. Or make it out of chocolate. Yes. Or ice. Yes, please. Or denim. Denim. Not sandpaper. That's a bit mean. Yeah, sandpaper was a bit nasty, but yeah, that's fine. Um, should we do some? Well, I've got one last. Oh, I was going to say, have you got anything else, or shall we? I have the, the uh, what I've dubbed as the final vinyl. The final vinyl. I like that. You know, by no means we're fully endorsing this one company. This is a, quite a common thing. For the cheap price of £1,000. Oh, yeah, is that all? As your final resting place, you can have your ashes pressed into vinyl. The final vinyl. I see what you did there. That was good. Nice, I like that. So by far the most expensive one we've covered. What vinyl though? What is the... Uh... You can choose to record a personal message, your last will and testament, or your own soundtrack, or just the sound of silence to hear your pops and crackles. Oh, oh, oh I don't like that. For the minimal approach. <laughs> um, you know what I would... What would I put on there? Yeah. I'd maybe put my... Would you put something satirical? Would you put something funny? No, I think I'd need to really, really think about that. Because I maybe would put something satirical and something about it. An episode of Music is a Dead <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it would, just, I would, just, it would be, a, it would be the, um, the music video yes, episode. Okay, right, okay. So you get to hear how I feel about music videos one last For, time. Forever. You get to hear my monologue. And we have to play it in tribute to you so that you go, just don't get them, don't like it. Don't like it. No, what's the point? What is the point? <laughs> what is the point? So yeah, forever that's what ever. I would do. It would be, the, it would be me monologuing. Or ranting a little bit about we why could, oh, music we videos could cut are together rubbish. a highlight reel of your all my hot takes. Yeah, yeah. Of your music is a dead scene best bits. And then at the and it's the I wouldn't have like my own bodily fluids in there. I would have lighter fluid in there. So that at the end you make it literally hot. <laughs> so you recremate me. But as a, as like my it. my hot that's takes, good. That's that's really what I would good. do. All right, what, what are you doing? You can have a you reading out all the DVDs you own. <laughs> yeah, good to yeah. list my uh, my Blu-ray collection. That's it. And kind of give you a, a rough ranking. Oh, them. yeah. yeah, just yeah. Like, this one's good. It's probably not the best, but like you get some special features and blah, 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 mm. blah. Yeah, that. Director's fun. commentary. Maybe I'll just put the music is a dead scene um, jingle. Amazing. I like it. Well, yeah, I don't think that um, vinyl is necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But I suppose I'm just not as on board the hype train as maybe a lot of people well, you possibly don't, are. And you that's don't fine. own a record player, so it's not real, really got much use for you in terms of like... I don't know where it is, but somewhere. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. you don't use your record player. No, I don't. So if you were to buy vinyl, you'd really have no intention of actually playing it. Yeah. Whereas for me, I, I do buy vinyls. But what I tend to do is say my, you know, four or five favourite albums from the year that have mm -hmm. come out. You'd maybe go for I'd them. maybe buy one of those or a couple of those if I saw them. Yeah. Or, you know, albums over the last 10 years that have really meant a lot to me. I buy them on vinyl because I've those are the ones that I'm going to enjoy listening to all the way through. I'm not just, you know, I'm happy to support people. Yeah. But yeah, that's my, that's for me. It's the. But I don't think I would buy a vinyl without knowing what's like on it. Like if it was just a gig, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd buy just a vinyl because, oh, they're, they're I might. All right. I might just that's to support just the artist. If it's a little independent artist and yeah. they're. I, I probably would. Just, yeah. I don't have to play it, but I guess. But for me, is I I am gonna play them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what about a cassette? <laughs> That's what I've got. Is that, is that not just the most pointless shit you've ever seen? 
The cassette comeback, is that going to be our next? No, nope, uh, absolutely not. That is the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> I do have, however, somewhere an old like boombox style stereo that has a cassette player on the front. Do you actually? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's my wow. dad's. I don't know where it is, but he probably has it somewhere. And what I used to do with it was you can get cassette tapes that have aux cords coming out of them. And basically you just plug the fo- your phone in and it reads the cassette like an aux. I used to plug my phone into this old vintage style boombox thing. Get the vintage sounds with the modern songs. That's it. Something like that. It was really cool though. And it used to, it had an aerial and all that kind of stuff. I don't know where that is. I'm maybe going to look for that. But no. Cassettes, cassettes, no, cassettes so are, that's weird. not a thing. But like people, it's, I've seen it with VHSs as well. Been that's recent. also, I don't think, going to happen. That feels like, and I know you maybe don't agree with the whole kind of analog thing, but like vinyl, you can at least kind of guarantee it's going to be good audio quality for the most part. Yeah, I suppose. And it's like, I don't know, it's like the same thing with CD with cassettes. It's like, it's, it was supposed to be easy to reproduce, wasn't yeah. it? You know, yeah. magnetic tape. I, get you, I guess you could make cassettes in different colours and stuff like that. It's got a bit yeah. more custom. And it's a physical thing again, thing. which yeah. is nice. People like that. But I just don't think it has the same like reverence as vinyl, does it? It feels like, the cassette thing feels like jumping on the bandwagon. Also, like you said, nobody's making cassette players. No, that's not a thing. Like, no. And people are making record players now. Yeah, exactly. you know, they're they're being made and they're there, but you can't because of this massive surge in sales and popularity of it. I, I can't see the same thing happening for cassettes. We can't just go back and just redo all of the stuff. I think there is a reason why vinyl has stuck around for you know in 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 a very small way and had a resurgence. Should we do some listener stuff? Yes, let's do it. We had a few people that were chatting about this. So we'll go back to Sam's email first. Yes. Because uh, we touched on it. He said, hi, me ads. Vinyl. Yeah, vinyl's cool. I own some. Went through a phase of buying some of my favourite 70s and 80s, 7-inch and 12-inch records in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm 31 now, not a boomer. Okay. <laughs> then I inherited my parents' collection and some of my uncle's collection. Some pretty cool LPs in there. First LP I bought was around 16. HMV Sterling. I bought The Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Picture disc edition. Whoa. MCR slap. Not just for Sim Bimos. Okay. <laughs> Good to, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, no, yes. Yeah, that's uh, not my uh, MCR album of choice. Three Cheers is... I would say that's uh, that's the one for me. But write it out in the comments. But I, I, no, Black Parade is definitely the more popular. So. Yeah, yeah. He then got Pick of Destiny by Tenacious D, which is also a picture edition. <laughs> uh, I like the idea that the vinyl wasn't just black. Also artwork. I exclusively bought 7-inch singles because I enjoyed them more. I've got a load more singles and albums. I went for the B-sides mostly. I like that. Although I'm still relatively young, I feel I was lucky enough to experience buying CD singles before they became obsolete. So that was definitely the link to the 7-inch singles. And he said, fun fact, I think this is for you, fun Mm -hmm. fact, the last CD single I bought was in HMV Sheffield, Love Is Noise, The Verve and Mountains by Biffy Clyro. I don't remember seeing many singles after 2007 and 2008, but I think they should make a comeback. Do you agree, Ian? CD singles. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know that was That's really... a tough sell if you can't yeah. even sell CDs. Yeah. He goes, what I love about vinyls is I can decorate my house with it on the wall. That's like, wow, that's like, like me. what you do. It's like the best of both worlds. Yeah. I don't agree that records sound better. Me neither, don't worry. It's the fact that although they sound hella good with a needle and the rice crispy snack crackle and pop, other <laughs> cereal is available. Lossless digital files are top tier. Just digital music in general. Spotify and Apple Music streams are higher quality than vinyl and anyone who tells you otherwise is a liar. I mean, I... Mm, yeah, it, it is. At the end of the day, I don't think it's a... 
like rational argument it is no. like what i was saying it's like it's an experience it's philosophical it's like yeah. whether you think that the whole digital thing is perceivable or not or whether you you know consider that an issue in terms of just being a purist he, he's put it at the bottom i'm all for the vinyl revival anything to spark a lifetime romance in music and younger people Every genre is art, and it's nice when people like a bit of everything. Hopefully vinyl can do that for the next generation. As long as cassettes don't make a comeback. <laughs> Bands are trying, but they are shit. Let's face it. Yeah, that feels like... The cassette thing feels like a weird cash grab, like yeah. tag-on thing. But no, there's some interesting points about vinyls and, and collecting music and uh, the experience of, of having something yeah. tangible. Yeah. Like I, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I get it. I get it. So to Instagram, where I put up my... A little vinyl revival post. Rhonda, I love vinyl and I still buy them. I'm so pleased it's made a comeback. The artwork on vinyl is always something so special. You can't beat them for quality of sound. We've determined actually you can. Yes, us, the two of us and <laughs> another and emailer have done it. Um, yes. It may be a bit of a nostalgia trip for me, but I like having the artifact. You really feel like you own the music when you buy a record. Big thumbs up from me, which is a little bit like what you were saying. Yeah. And I get that. It's also a really good point. Uh, uh, the, the whole listening experience thing is, yeah, that whole kind of ritual. The whole sound being better, I feel is, at the end of the day, I feel like it's personal like it's oh, subjective absolutely. yeah yeah because what you can be looking for in music and this is you know s certainly quite a widely held perspective uh, in a lot of music fans in the music industry is that the imperfections is what makes music enjoyable is what makes music special mm -hmm. so hearing those crackles and pops and hearing that needle running along the groove is what makes it real and what makes it oh it's actually happening in front of me yeah it's hey, not yeah. some electrical signal that is fooling my brain into thinking i'm hearing <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay know, i see the same thing it's like actually a piece of audio that's happening so i think that is the really the kind of the main draw of vinyl it's that connection to the you know seeing something live it's yeah. been happening in front of you it's it's the it's the audio it's the imperfect you know when you see something live it's not the same as listening to it to the mp3 because yeah. you're seeing them do it right in front of your face yeah. that kind of crosses over into analog sound and i mm. think that's what people romanticize about it and i suppose also every time you listen to it maybe only the minutest bit but it's going to be a little bit different a little bit, yeah. You know, like a CD, if you just leave a CD, it's going to be as good as because it's a laser reading thing, unless the CD gets damaged. Yeah. But, you know, if you think your needle gets a little bit more wear on it and the actual grooves get a little bit more wear, or if you take out the packaging and something happens to get caught, you've maybe just, a bit of fluff you know, made or, a new, yeah, yeah, a new yeah. bump or a new little kind of noise yeah. or whatever it is. So, yeah, I get that. Uh, also on uh, Instagram, we had uh, Katie came on and said, I love my vinyls. I have all of my parents' vinyls, including the 45s, and order new ones from artists I love. The music sounds better on vinyl. I, I asked back because I thought, well, you know what, Katie clearly knows her shit. Let's, kind of, let's get into this a little bit. Can you tell the difference between a record that has been remastered specifically for vinyl and one that hasn't? She went, yes, question mark, no, question mark. I have no idea, but I know I prefer the sound of vinyl. And I said back, nothing wrong with that. No, we're not here to judge. I lied. We are here to judge. Oh, no. Don't come at me and say it sounds better without backing it up. But obviously... So it's all subjective until... Until... You don't bring the facts. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta come at this. And then uh, Maggie said, we love Vinyl Revival, especially when they're from Pinwheel Records, which is a record store in uh, Chicago. And then she tagged her dad. Her dad said, yes, 
Jesus bought his first vinyl from Pinwheel Records. Oh, I did a bit of research. That. It was Like a Prayer by Madonna. Uh huh, was it now? Yeah. yeah. Did he like the music video as well? Yeah, I loved it. He was sad he wasn't in it. Not having sex with Madonna because that's not what it's about. <laughs> he got recast, did he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. So yeah, so there we go. Maybe we could um for for well, okay, let's wrap up. I'll not add that down the end. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> <laughs> what I was gonna say is that we could um choose a song for people to be like one of their stranded songs to be put on their ashes vinyl. Oh yeah. So yeah, if you have for... a yeah, if you have a song for your ashes, let us know. <laughs> What's your final vinyl? Yeah, what's your final vinyl? I love vinyl. that final vinyl. That's really good. Should we um, start our own final vinyl company? Uh, how hard is that going to be? I don't know, but it costs a thousand to make, like, for people to pay. So I feel like it's worth it. That's another question. Can you imagine those companies going to the vinyl plants? So we don't have massive amounts of orders. No, but we have a dead dog. We do have very <laughs> bespoke <laughs> yeah. vinyls, though. Also, uh, prove it. Prove it's your ashes or your relative's ashes or whatever. Can you imagine like, you know, making a final vinyl. You're, well, you work at the final vinyl company. You make this final vinyl. You spend a lot of time because you're, you know, being respectful. And then you give it to the family. And then someone in the back just pops up. Prove it. Prove it. <laughs> yeah. Aye. Totally. Well, like that would, yeah. Well done. Prove it. I'm no pain. Aye. I mean, I'm not, very, I'm not a very big advocate for like the ashes are still the person. And, okay. That's not my bag. Yeah. But, you know, prove it. Just that's all I'm saying. Snap it over your knee. Does that, like, that smell like mm, that smell know. like your dog? Don't know, like no. ah, exactly. Nah, weird. Get a taste. Yeah. Okay. So next, next. Yeah. Here we go. Da, 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 da. The final episode of the batch. That's it. Oh, that's quite sad actually. Never th- I didn't really think about it like yeah, that until right it. now. So this is it. Stranded songs. You have until. You've been saying the tenth. I've said the tenth. Is that because we're going to record on the Monday after it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Nice. Should we explain the rules for anybody that's maybe not had a chance to do it yet? Yes, go for it. You are stranded. <gasps> oh somewhere. no! You're stranded anywhere you want to be. Tell us where you're stranded. You let us know. That will help out with the potential winning with of storytelling some prizes. Yeah, it has to be a story. And you have ten songs. You up can, to. Yes, up to ten songs. Sure. You know how to have ten if you don't want. Yeah, you've got up to ten songs. Some of your favourite songs of all time, some of the songs that have soundtracked your life, songs that are going to help you get through being in this stranded place. The, sen- the 10 songs that if you could only have 10, yeah. these are the 10. Up to 10. I don't want to pressure people to put songs to that they don't want in there. If you only have seven all-time favourite songs, that's okay. All right, fair enough. And then if we like your songs and your, your yeah, selection, etc. We're going to read through everything. We're going we're gonna to... Discuss the songs. Oh, that's a good song. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. We're also going to discuss the context yes. and where you are and all that. And kind then of stuff, judge yeah. that. And then we've got three goodie bags yes. to be won for some of the best emails and some yes. of the best submissions. Yeah. So a t shirt, a pen. Oh, here it goes. A pen, uh, some stickers. That's as, that's as good that's as like a sticker. Gets. Yeah, okay. A key ring. <laughs> nice. Um, and a mug. Clink. Oh, not brilliant. <laughs> uh, is that it? I think that's it. And then a tote and the, bag. And the tote bag. I don't know. Well, you just rustled it. And they all have the Music is a Dead Scene logo. The nice blue one. Batch from 2 this blue. Batch. batch 2 blue. I, um, I'm so gutted we're not going to be able to do that for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, we've did that. It's our own fault, isn't it? That's <laughs> <laughs> our own fault. We've done that ourselves. Batch 3P. Urine-soaked uh, oh, Miad's Miad's yellow. Nice. <laughs> So that's coming up next. So you've got until the 10th of June. Yes. 
uh, to submit At that. At which point we will need to record it because I need time to edit it because it's going to be a big boy. It may be a two-parter. Could be. We shall see. So that's that. So vinyl, vinyl is revived. Vinyl revival. Very nice. Ain't no stopping it now. Well, see you next week for the final big vinyl big batch finale ending of the podcast forever. No. Bye.